Okay, so um, if you like to turn to Zephaniah chapter 3, um, I'm not going to even pretend to know it comes before and after Zephaniah, sorry. Um, it's been too long since I was in junior church. So, and I really do appreciate uh, Pastor giving me the opportunity to share with you guys tonight. Um, I, um, as I was praying about this, um, thought I would talk about salvation. And um, it, it, it seems sort of weird on the surface because, you know, on Wednesday night, probably most, if not everybody here, is already saved. Um, but I feel like, I, okay, so the Bible talks to us a lot about the importance of remembering things and being reminded of things that we already knew. And um, I've seen for myself how that's important for me. So, um, so that, that's one. And, and the other thing is um, Colossians 2, 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And I, I think it's really important, you know, we got saved by grace through faith. And that's how we walk, by grace through faith. It's the same way that God's working in us, you know, step by step after we've accepted him as the way he worked to originally get us saved. And so, um, so this, it, it is really applicable to our daily walk. So Zephaniah in chapter 3, hopefully you had enough time to go to the front of your Bible and find out what page it's on. Um, verse, uh, let's look at verse 14. The Bible says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, Shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The king of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil any more. In that day shall it be said to, Zion, said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save he will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word to us and your word of encouragement to us that you are our Savior and um, that you want to do a great work in us. And I just pray that you will help us as we study your word tonight, that uh, we would see you more clearly, that we would see what you're doing in us, that we would come away with a stronger faith and trust in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, the context of this passage actually is talking to Christians, I believe. Um, the, it, it talks about the daughter of Zion, talks about Israel, who's God's people in the Old Testament. And um, so um, God wants to encourage his people he, by reminding them of what he's done for them. He wants us to find our joy and encouragement in him and what he's done. And then he wants us also to, um, to take that and to share it with other people. I've, I've found that the more I understand what God's done for me, the easier it is to share it with somebody else and um, to help them understand so the, the first thing here, um, verse 15, uh, it says, The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. 
So if you could turn to Ephesians chapter 2. See if I can even find it. So Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so we were all, we were walking according to the world. We were walking according to our own desires. We were walking according, really, to what Satan's de- deceived us into believing. And, um, and the, the whole world is doing this, and, and we were part of this. And, and that, um, notice how he says we're dead in trespasses and sins. Says we're by nature the children of wrath. We deserved God's wrath, and then, and then uh, I, I just love this verse four. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And God came along, and like Zephaniah said, the Lord hath taken away thy judgments. Jesus came along. To take, we had these judgments against us. We're the children of wrath. We're dead in trespasses and sins. And Jesus came along to take that away. Um, Colossians chapter 2 says that you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And then um, if, if we go down in Ephesians chapter 2, if you're still there, to, to verse 12, says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And so... Jesus, you know, we had these judgments against us. Before we could do anything for the Lord, before we could experience his blessing in our life, we had to have these judgments taken away by Jesus Christ. But I think there's another important thing here, and that is that we aren't condemned by these things anymore. That the things, um, Satan wants to come along, and, you know, even as Christians, we still sin, and Satan wants to come along, and point our all our past sins to us and we definitely need to make them right with the lord we can't just hang on to them but once we make them right with the lord it says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and romans chapter 8 says who is he that condemneth it is christ that justifieth so we 
we are not, as Christians, we don't have to live under the burden and the guilt of these, um, of these uh, past sins. And I think Satan wants to emphasize them for us and kind of point them out and get us focused on that um, and because it will distract us from moving forward for the Lord. It will keep us from um, being free to just serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness like he wants us to. And so the so God starts right off and he says, I've taken away thy judgments. You don't have to go keep going back to those. I've got it taken care of. It's a, so then the, uh, the next, next thing he says in Zephaniah is, he hath cast out thine enemy. So I started looking in, in the Bible. It's actually kind of interesting to see what are the things that God says are enemies in the Bible? Who, who does God view as an enemy? So um, first of all, you have the friends of the world. Um, so James chapter 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And I, I think it's important. I mean, obviously, unsaved people are in the position of being God's enemies um, because they haven't been reconciled through Christ. But even as saved people, we can also place ourselves in the position of being the enemy of God. Uh, Philippians 3 which in the, in the context is, is saved people. Verse 18 says, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. And so when we make ourselves, even as a saved person, when we make ourselves the friend of the world, then we're putting ourselves in the position of being the enemy of God and what God's trying to do. And so um, the, you know, this, this is a warning to us, right, not to, not to do this. But um, notice, I, I just find it really interesting. Paul, it says he tells even weeping. He's not like angry at these people that are the enemies of the cross of Christ, that are brothers or sisters in Christ. He's, he's grieved about it, that someone who's bought by Jesus would be willingly making themselves the enemy of God. And um, that, I think, is important. Um, it's important to how, how do we treat people like that? If you see someone that's made themselves God's enemy, whether they're saved or unsaved, um, you know, what's, what's our job? And I think, you know, we have the example of Jesus, right? Jesus loved his enemies. And he, um, he wants every person to be saved, even though we all started out as God's enemy. Romans uh, 12 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. And so I, the, the Bible has other things to say as well about believers who are living in sin, and we need to you know, take that all together. Um, but um, you know, the Bible says God is the one that's in charge of executing vengeance. Going back to Zephaniah, it says, He hath cast out thine enemy. 
it doesn't, you know, put it on us to deal with God's enemies. God is going to, you know, the, um, the, the Bible says multiple times, God gives rebellious people opportunities to repent, and he gives many opportunities to repent. Um, but at some point, if people just keep rejecting God, then God will judge them. But that's something that we can just trust and leave in God's hands. And we don't have to take that on ourselves. that, oh, we have to be responsible for judging God's enemies. Uh, Luke chapter 1 uh, says in verse 74 that he would grant unto us, this is, this is a prayer, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And so we do have people that come against us to try to stop us from serving God and to make us afraid. Um, and again, like, we need to seek God. We need to seek God to deliver us out of the hand of these enemies and because they're really opposing him is the bottom line. It's not about us. It's about God and his work going forward. And the, I think a lot of times... I'm. I mean, okay, people, are, people have free will, okay? But a lot of times, I think people are deceived into opposing because Satan is very opposed to God's work, and I think he deceives many people into doing things that they think are good that are opposing and holding back, holding back, in quotes, God's work. God is not stopped by these people, okay? But, um, but they try. So... Um, and, and I think it's also just important, again, to remember, this is, this is who we were to, okay? The, um, you, you know, Romans 5, 10 says, if when we, we, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, um, that we, before we were saved, we were also God's enemy. And so we don't have any place to look down on people and be like, oh, you're God's enemy. I don't, you know, not going to have anything to do with you. Um, I mean, God loved us when we were his enemy. We can also love God's enemies. So um, then um, another one of God's enemies is Satan. Um, the name itself even means adversary. Um, and First uh, Peter 5.8 describes Satan as our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking in about seeking whom he may devour. And so, um, you know, God, again, when God says he has, um, he has cast out thine enemy, um, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, they says they came to him saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Um, he says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And so Jesus has the power over Satan. He's given that to us to go forward and witness for him. Although Satan is seeking whom you may devour. If we're not sober, if we're not vigilant about his devices, then we are going to get trapped by him. But we don't have to be because God is, um, he's given us the power to go 
uh, go witness for him. Hebrews uh, chapter 2 says, um, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, talking about Jesus, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And then in 1 John 3, the Bible says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so Jesus is saying here very clearly, he came, Satan does have power in this world, but Jesus came to destroy that power. And he came to destroy his works and his deceptions and all the things that he does to oppose God. And he's successful in doing that. Um, it's, it's not some, we don't have to wonder about the outcome of this, this fight. Um, and so God, um, in addition to the fact that he's going to, we can trust him to have, uh, to appropriately judge with the people who are, are, make themselves the enemies of God and are enemies, God's also judged Satan. And he's cast him out as well. And he's, um, and through Jesus' work, he's destroyed his power. So then the, the third enemy I found is death. And um, I think the Bible teaches clearly that uh, God didn't create death, but that it's, or that it's not, um, I mean, okay, it is his punishment, okay, but um, it's by our sin that death came in the world. Romans 5 says, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So our sin is what really brought death to us. Um, and, and God views it as his enemy. Um, if you want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, while you're turning, Romans, Romans chapter 6 uh, talks about Jesus defeating death by his resurrection. It says, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. Um, through that resurrection, which I think is a really important part of the gospel, Jesus demonstrated he's defeated that enemy too. Um, so if you found 1 Corinthians 15 in verse 20, the um, Bible says, Now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And so death isn't completely destroyed yet, but Jesus has already demonstrated his power. He's the first fruits of the power and victory over that death. But he is going to reign until he's destroyed death. And, um, and, and the, I, I find it really interesting, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. God says, death is my enemy. I will destroy it. So um, 
then in uh, back to Zephaniah, the um, the Bible says so he's um, he's taken away our judgments. He's cast out our enemy. It says he will save. Um, the word Jesus, as you as you probably know, means savior. Uh, the angel specifically told Joseph, "Name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." And I mean, God doesn't do things randomly, right? He didn't just like, oh, you know, I have the bowl of names here. You know, what am I going to call my son? Like, let me draw a name out. Um, He wanted to, he even sent an angel to make sure that Joseph and Mary would give the right name to his son. And um, he wanted it to be very clear to us that Jesus was our Savior, that that was what he was here for. Uh, Acts chapter 4, um, as Peter's, I believe it was Peter preaching there, he says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And so Jesus, even by his very name, it shows his purpose is to save us. And, and that is the name by which we're saved. Um, he, uh, he, uh, he does save us. You know, as, as we saw, Jesus saves us from the, the penalty of our sin, from, from the death, the, the judgment that we had. But I, the Bible also shows how Jesus saves us from the power of sin in our life. Um, we talked about First John, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. First um, Thessalonians says, uh, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Jesus has called us to be like him. And he said, I called you to do it. I will do, it. I will do the work in your life. Jude, uh, verse 24, says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Jesus is the one that's going to, he's, he's looking forward to bringing us to God and being like, Here, here's, here's my brother or sister, see they're perfect, they're blameless. And he's doing that work even now says he's able to keep us from falling. Um, forget the exact uh, verse, but um, the, um, the uh, talking about us being individually servants of God, the um, Bible says that, you know, who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. And then... Um, so that, that has a lesson for us. But then I love how it goes on. It says, yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. That our brothers and sisters in Christ and us ourselves, God is looking. He's not just being like, okay, 
um, you know, let me see, are you doing good today or not? You know, kind of keeping an eye. He's actively holding us up and working in us to, um, to save us from the ongoing uh, power and deceit of sin in our life. And then uh, finally, um, he's going to save us from our corrupt bodies that we, um, you know, we're kind of stuck with them here on earth. But um, the Bible talks about the importance of the rapture. Part of the importance of the rapture is that we can't carry this corruptible body to be with God, but that God will resurrect us and that we will share the body. Jesus is the first fruits of this. Um, actually, let's, let's turn there. Well, you may already be there in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 50. I like these verses. So, um, so uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I think this is really an important, an important part of this whole concept, is God is saving us for a purpose. He's He's got a calling on our life while we're here on this earth. And we labor for the Lord. And God says, it's not in vain because I'm the one working in you. I'm the one that's going to make sure that the things you do for me will last. If we, if we try to do it in our own strength, it's, it's, we're not going to get very far. But through the power of Jesus, through the saving power of Jesus, that's why I really... Uh, like those verses in Zephaniah, says, talks about the Lord thy God in the midst of thee. He's not just kind of out somewhere. He's right inside of us, working in us, working through us, making sure that the things we do, saying, you know, we run into enemies, then he says, I'm the one that's cast out your enemy. We're worried about, we have the guilt and the, of our, the judgments that were on us and the, the penalty and consequences of our sin, God says, I've taken away thy judgments. Um, you know, we're, um, we see our corruption and our, um, the, the parts of us that aren't made perfect yet. And Jesus says, no, I'm the one that's saving you. I'm the one that's going to make sure that you will end up perfect and blameless before me. And so as we, um, as we, walk with the Lord in this life, God wants to encourage us that he has the power to save. And he's, it's his power behind 
our salvation, both originally when we trusted Christ and in an ongoing way in our life. And, and that we look forward, we have that hope, the, um, the expectation, not, you know, not just that I wish this would happen, but the expectation that Jesus is saving us and will complete that work. And so then, um, you know, just uh, back in Zephaniah, it says um, that it says things like, be glad and rejoice with all the heart. Um, it, it talks about God, it talks about God's people will, in, in, in the context, it talks about God's people will feed and lie down and none shall make them afraid. Uh, God wants us to rest and rejoice in what he's done for us. He wants us to, um, he wants us to be glad about what he's done and to go forward in that joy. And, and then we can, you know, we can love our human enemies. We can we know that God loves them. We know that was us, and God loved us and changed us. We can love them, too. Um, we can trust God to take care. If they don't repent, God is the judge. He will deal with that. Um, we, can, we can be confident that Jesus has defeated Satan. We don't have to believe his lies, that he's more powerful than God's work in our life. Um, we can be confident that Jesus has destroyed the power of death that through his life we live. And then that, um, that just lets us serve God without fear. That, um, you know, Zephaniah says, in, in that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, fear thou not, and to Zion let not thy hands be slack. So don't just sit around, you know, go work for God. But it's because we're not afraid. We serve God without fear because we know God's take, God's judge, God has or will judge all our enemies. We know that God has the power to save and to work in us and through us and to do the perfect work through us that we can never do on our own. So that's what I uh, had this evening. Let's, let's pray and then we'll go to our prayer request time. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for um, who you are and you are our Savior and um, for just your great love to us. And um, I just pray that you would uh, help us to just um, rejoice in what you've done for us, to uh, not to be afraid of the, um, the enemies and the problems that we see, uh, but to just to trust you that you have cast out our enemies. You are going to do the work in us. And you are going to do the work through us and to just go forward for you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.